This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Circuit of Success, and thank you for joining me. You know, it's been said that success comes to those who wait, but I believe the opposite. I believe that it's earned with the right attitude, a great belief system, and action every single day. When you mix that in with faith, courage, discipline, and most importantly, a vision, that's when greatness happens. Now let's dive right in to this week's guest. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today we have restaurant... I'm going to call you a restaurant legend, man. Uh, Mike <laughs> Johnson <laughs> in the office. How you doing? Oh, great, Brett. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And uh, so, yeah, Mike, those of you that don't know Mike's name, uh, you certainly know his uh, restaurant right now that he is uh, currently active in. Lots of them, but uh, especially Sugar Fire. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk today, though, Mike, about the mental mindset of what it takes to be successful. We all know people that have wanted to get into the restaurant business, but it's a high failure rate, but you've done a great job. So walk us through what's made you the man you are today. Well, I mean, it's been a lot of things. Um, you know, you said failure rate, and I, I have had a lot of failures. And I, I, I always say that all those failures led to me to where I am today. It's not the only thing. There's, I mean, hundreds of things that have to fall in place to have a good restaurant to, to be successful. But, um, you know, it's a lot. Um, where, where, where should I start? You know, I mean. <laughs> well, let's, let's start this. Back in, uh, I don't remember what year it was, but I know you got hired by, at the time, was kind of a nobody, right? He was an up-and-coming yeah, guy. Up and coming. Legassi, Emerald right? Yeah, um, my dad had done some work in New Orleans, and a- after high school, like most of my friends went to college, and um, I, I, would, I was just kind of a slacker. But I wasn't that really motivated to go to college like everybody else, and um, I decided I wanted to move to New Orleans because I'd been there on business with my dad. And his buddy had a friend called Emeril that was going to open his re- own restaurant, and um, I, I'd never really heard of him, but he was, I mean, he was a big star in New Orleans by then yeah. already. And uh, I went down there and worked there for a couple of years. And I, I think his, really his attitude and, you know, energy and all that stuff kind of, it, it still, I quote him to this day. It's been, you know, what, almost 20, 25 years at least since I worked there. And most of my restaurant attitude as far as service goes and not saying no to any the customers. And, you know, the customer is always right. I mean, most of the time they're probably wrong. But right. You got to make them think they're right. right. There's no ego on what we do. You know, I don't know. But yeah, I'm still to this day, I'm quoting him all the time and, and trying to, um, you know, do my business like him. So what got you in the restaurant business? I mean, is it something you grew up always wanting yeah, to do? Or? My, my mom was a terrible cook. <laughs> so I, I cooked a lot growing up and I, I worked at um, a couple of restaurants in high school, you know, just being like dishwashing and solids and stuff like that. And um, I, I didn't know it was going to become a career. I, I didn't really know it was, you know, I remember telling my dad I was going to be in, uh, I want to be a chef when I was like 18 and he thought that meant I was like officially coming out of the closet because <laughs> all, all there was in the food network there, all there was, was like, um, three's company, Jack, Tripper, you know, the right. guy in three's company was a chef and he was pretending like he was gay or something. That's funny. But, um, it's pretty funny, but you no, know, it wasn't like, you know, now like people are proud of their kids going into chef school or whatever. It wasn't cool back then though, huh? <laughs> no, no. I, I, my, I think my parents went to therapy because of it. Right. You know. It's kind of like me playing golf. It wasn't cool when I was a kid. Yeah. Cool now. Oh, it's really I cool. It is. Yeah, I think it's cool too. I joined a club. I actually joined a country club. Did you? Like six months ago, and I haven't been yet. <laughs> you look. You look like the country club. Type, I know. Man. I know. But I, I haven't even. I haven't been there yet. That's funny. What? Um, so let's talk about the grind, man. It. Um, you know, you've worked hard over 25 plus years, whatever it's been. Uh, you said you've had a lot of failures. You've had a lot of successes. 
Let's talk about the mental grind and what it takes, though, to be successful and, and fight the daily fight. So whether you're in the restaurant world, the investment world that I'm in, or whatever it is, you're a doctor, doesn't matter. Tell us about the grind. I mean, it's a lot of things, but I, I think it's mostly about building relationships with your staff, having good people, and making sure that they don't have that they have the right attitude. And because it's it's all about customer service too. You have to have good food, but you can you can have kind of mediocre food. And if people love your staff and you're, they're always happy, and nobody wants to go to a restaurant where everyone's, you know, uppity or like pretentious, or um, you know, or depressed. Like I, I never yell at anybody. If, if if I have a problem with someone. I'll pull him aside or I'll have one of our managers pull him aside and just talk to him like a, like a human being. You know what I mean? Because you can't have people, you know, a lot of chefs are like screaming at people and throwing pots and, right. you know, you, you don't see this because you're not in the restaurant business, but most, a lot of people in the restaurant business can be like jerks. I, I think when people say, oh, my staff does this and my staff does that, and that, that's always one term that's always kind of bothered me. But um, I just try and treat all everyone with respect. I, I believe in second chances. Most of our best employees are people who are on their fifth chance, you know, so... So you um, bet on people. And then I said this before we yeah. started recording, I think when we talk about the attitude side of the circuit of success, every time I've been around you, whether it's been in, in business meetings and, and we'll talk about the, the new restaurant coming to town here uh, in O'Fallon but, uh, in a little bit, but you're, you're upbeat, you're positive, you're high energy, you're humble. Uh, all those things I think are important. And I would assume like most leaders that trickles down into your culture. Is that correct? Yeah. We, everyone's so excited about how successful we've been and, um, we don't take it for granted. It's not like I go, we go in there and say, Oh, we we're so busy today. I, I know everything about the rest. I, I don't know anything about the restaurant business. And I, you met my partner, Charlie before yeah. both of us every, every day we've been never this successful, but we've both had tremendous failures and, and seen what it's like being the bottom. So I, I, I know what it's like to be, have the worst restaurant ever and have no one come. I was telling my buddy, um, the other day, um, he was asking me about how sugar fire started and I, I can tell you this and this is 100 percent true i i was at my the end of my rope in, in the restaurant business i sold my last restaurant boogaloo and i made no i like lost my butt on it had no money it's gonna be my last shot and my um i had to sell my car hmm. to just to survive not even to put money in the restaurant just to keep surviving right before you open sugar fire and my buddy loaned me a, an old beat up car and I was in I was in Sugar Fire for like the first five days we opened because I had to work the pit and then prep all everything and then cut the meat and then I do the dishes. I mean it was a twenty four hour day job. So my car that the guy loaned me was such a piece of crap that it got towed from the parking lot. And I asked my <laughs> landlord where the car was, and he said it, it had to be a homeless person's car because it was such a piece of junk. So yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Right? You're like no, I actually own yeah. this restaurant. I'm your I pay you. I'm your tenant. Yeah. yeah, but um. But yeah, but no, so we don't take it for granted. So every day we're trying to, you know, learn more and I never take the foot off the gas pedal. I'm always trying to push up all of our chefs and come up with innovative stuff. And, you know, it, it can be, it's a million things. I mean, right. I, I can't even, I mean, I can talk about it all day. I go in, the bathroom's got to be perfect. The music's got to be right. The TV's got to be on the right channel. You know, I can tell how good someone's going to be. Like if, if I'm walking with an, an employee and I see him run over and pick up a straw, a piece of straw paper you know, it's on the ground. Right. It's just got, you got to have the eye and you got to see right. all this stuff. It's, it's a million things. Stupid you know? question here, but I'm going to ask it anyway because we, we always talk about this. And you hear other business leaders talk about it. What's the right thing to put on the television in the lobby or in your case, the restaurant? I, just put, I usually put on Food Network or sports. Okay. You know? Right. If there's a Cardinals game, it's got to be on or Blues. If there's sports, it's got to be on. You know, we don't really – I don't care if someone sits there all day. But, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, we're trying to pump people through and there's right. a line. 
Right. You know, it, it can't be too exciting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Get them out. Get yeah, them but in. I'm Get not gonna. Out. We're not gonna put on like days of our lives. Right. Or exactly. Something like that. Exactly. So let's t- spend time though on that because I was I'm fascinated when you said that you were on your last, basically your last dollar, right? And so. Oh yeah. What did you Less learn? What did you learn from that? Uh, what were they mistakes? Was it uh, was it the grind as I like to call it, the the daily grind? Maybe you weren't doing enough of it. I mean, what what was the mistake? I think I was burned out and bitter. You know, I was really angry at. It, you know, it wasn't my fault my restaurants were slow I'm, I'm the best chef ever right you know why are these people not coming it's not it can't be me it can be it must be everybody else and I kind of had this um, I, I just didn't I, I didn't you know I wasn't taking care of the staff I wasn't you know but when you have a restaurant makes no money it's hard to pay people a livable wage right. you know and it's hard to get pumped up to come to work you know and so I would never I would not show up for work I mean I would not the place is always covered but I would you gotta when you own the restaurant you gotta be there right you know what I mean? You got to be there shaking hands and talking to customers and, you know, dealing with, it can be little things all day long, just telling people what to do and, hey, that's not right. And can we do it this way from now on? And, you know, building people up. That's, a, I'm a big believer in that, empowering people. You know, we have a chef who, I'm not going to name him, he knows who he is, but from where he was four years ago to where he is now, uh, he used to be the kind of manager where it was all his ideas. He's always right. Um, you know, anyone made a suggestion, they're stupid. You know, what I mean, I, I know. I think people know managers like that, but nobody wants to work for them. Right. I, I like to get people that, you know, I, I want to hear their ideas, even if even if I know they're terrible. You know, I don't. I don't tell them that, but I want to hear their ideas and tell them, hey, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you thinking about our company and, you know, being excited about it. You know, maybe we can tweak it a little bit and do this. So now, but this guy, after all these years, has just gotten like, you know, now he's the best. You know. Yeah, and I've heard you, I read somewhere that you said every time you open a new restaurant, you believe it's like the best thing ever until about three days before, yeah. and then you, you get a little, little nervous. Oh, yeah. I told, because um, um, I didn't have any money when we opened Sugar Fire, my partner Charlie uh, and Carolyn, I, I, I talked them into Sugar Fire. Like I said, we got to do this. Um, Carolyn does the baking and pastry, and that's, half, that's the sugar part of the Sugar Fire. It's yep. supposed to be a, you know, kind of a barbecue and pie type thing, and um the only reason we did that spot in Olivet, because it's got terrible parking. Um, I hope my landlord, Greg, doesn't hear that. Cause he's a great guy and he gets annoyed when people say that. <laughs> but there's no parking. And I, I thought you'd be like in Clayton, because it's where all the businesses or right. downtown. I didn't know. Um, and the demographics just look, you know, it's kind of in that weird corridor. You know, there's nothing really, you know, it's kind of some abandoned like Taco Taco Bell up the street that doesn't right. do any business. It's weird. And, um, so like I was all pumped for it. And then a week before we opened, I was like, Charlie, we got to figure out how to get out of this. This is, I'm a, you're gonna get lose your butt here. Um, but really, the only reason we did it was because it was the cheapest deal we could find. You know, it was an old Dickies that was going out of business. That I mean, I can say this a long time. They didn't pay their rent for like six months or something. And the landlord said, "Come in and pay your rent. Pay the rent. Pay the rent. You can have all their smokers and all their equipment." So we didn't really open for anything. We just just some back rent for these guys. And the guy was happy to get out of out of his right. deal. You know, we're, we're going into a barbecue spot that was already a failure so i think that was scary too yeah you know so how do you so how i mean i guess because i would say uh daniel kleinert who is in our st louis office he is uh he's how i originally got turned on to sugar fire i mean this is the guys you build guys like daniel kleinert up to where they'll drive 20 yeah. minutes and leave the office at ten forty-five. <laughs> you know get to their lunch by yeah. eleven oh five to get in line yeah right? they're in line to get your food I mean, what have you done to build that brand to where it's now? And we're going to talk about some of the celebrity stuff you're doing later, but what did I, you do? So we've been open five and a half years, I guess. And um, I, I think a lot of that was born out of the, our social media. 
And um, we kind of developed, um, you know, Twitter. I got lucky. I had a bunch of retweets from some from some uh, famous people. And then building up our Facebook. And then um, we had a couple articles early on. We got on Barbecue Pitmasters real quick, and that kind of really catapulted us, I think. And then, which is a TV show. It's a TV. Yeah, it's, it was a really popular barbecue show. It's not on anymore. I mean, they still run the reruns all the time, sure. but um, I think a lot of it was a social media. I mean, we we have you know hundreds of thousands of followers and. It kind of became this cult thing, and I I I'll never forget when I knew it was going to be a cult thing. With some lady put on um, our Facebook page, I don't understand why there's a line here. This place is disgusting, and this and that. And I looked down, and there was like I had to take it off. There's like 20 comments of people defending us and telling this woman that she's a, a you know right. a you know what, and her husband probably hates her, and she, I bet she complains <laughs> about everything and uh, all this mean stuff about her. And so that's when I was like, wow, these people are really rabid for right. it you know they're crazy um and so th- I, I just think that you know some of it's probably hype you know but that's the way b- the restaurant business right. is you know and a lot of it's our tv work i mean people will drive um i was at our fenton store last month um and some lady came up and she was from phoenix and she said she came from phoenix because she saw us on um burgers brew and q which is some show we were on the net- on food network like two years ago <laughs> I thought that was pretty crazy. That is crazy. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so yeah. Let's, let's talk about the creative side. So you're creative. Um, you know, your team is creative. But, you know, you got to, you, I think I also read one time it said, you, you got to be creative. Uh, you must be allowed to fail. So tell me yeah. more about that. So Well, we got to take, I think if, to have something really, like especially on the sandwiches or the specials over there, um, all, all, the, all the meats are the same, like the, classics like the brisket and the pork and the turkey and the sausage and the ribs but each uh we have a chef in each location like a real chef who who's probably been the chef of some of the best restaurants in, in st louis i mean our new guy nick blue was a chef of all of um drug crafts restaurant i mean these are really talented people i got yeah. a guy from the blackbird in chicago i got a guy from daniel below in new york that came in i like to take these really awesome fine dining chefs that are kind of burned out and bring them in but they they each have a creative license to do a special you know, and dumb every day it's several specials, and they can be dumb specials with crazy names. But you know, it has to be like pork belly or duck or you know something weird. You know, and sometimes they don't work. But you can you got to kind of have to, you know, give them a little bit of freedom to you know experiment and enjoy their work. And you know, because the daily grind is boring. Right. But chefs get excited about fun ingredients and doing new things. So I think too, I've heard a lot of people say they go there just for the different sides that are always. Unique. Oh yeah, a lot of people do. What's an yeah. example? Give us some pretty cool. What's your favorite? Um. My favorite side is rack and cheese. It's a mac and cheese, and we take uh, the ribs and we pull the meat off the ribs and toss them up and mix them in the mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. It's pretty delicious. Good. I like yeah. it. So, where do you? Because uh, obviously, you're on the on the run, man. You're traveling the world doing stuff for the restaurant yeah. and for the brand and all that stuff. But where do you find time to slow down and think and strategize and think about the vision of where you guys are going to go with sugar fire and all the other stuff you got. I, I really don't have a lot of time to think about it. Usually I, I do um, go out of town a lot. Um, most of the time, I mean, it's almost always for, for work. Um, we're lucky we get to do travel the world. People take us all over the world. Um, I mean, Australia, we're in Europe a lot. I'm, I'm in um, Buenos Aires in a couple, in a few weeks doing a big thing. And then um, I'm back in Brazil in January doing this uh, huge festival and a lot of times I'll just take a few days afterwards and chill out and you know kind of think about stuff and that's really when I come back recharged and yep. refreshed and usually it's on the beach somewhere yeah 
Yeah. Is that where you get your inspiration, or do you get inspiration from going to like one of the coasts? And, I think you know? I get most of my inspiration barbecue wise from just meeting up with other barbecue people yep. and going to their restaurants and seeing stuff. You know, it seems like when we're in these crazy places like Paris or Sydney or or London or wherever, we always try and go to the like the best like Michelin three star restaurant or something, and um. Almost ninety percent of the time, we're disappointed, and we we have our best meal somewhere at like the mom and pop place. It doesn't cost any money, you know. Right. So we kind of slow down and like get energized from that. Yeah, and I get energized, and I, and uh, you know, just a lot of different ingredients and stuff. And well, I was introduced you to my guy uh, Jim Grindstaff from Rustic Rub Company. I don't know if you ever heard of those guys or not, but uh-uh. he's a guy I went to college with. He's nice. got great stuff going on. So yeah, let's introduce you guys, but. Um, so let's let's talk about this celebrity thing you got going on, man. It seems like every time I turn around, there's a different celebrity posting something on yeah. Instagram or Twitter or something. How do these people even know when they come to St. Louis that you guys are around? I mean, how does that happen? We maybe did like one or two bands, uh, maybe at the pageant or something years ago, and um, I kind of you, you usually get the manager's contact information. Um, and so a lot of these managers or tour managers, they do like 10 different bands. I mean, they're working all the time. So a lot of these guys have my number now. Um, live nations, big, they put on a lot of events, you know, I, I try and take care of them, those guys. And they're always, a lot of times bands come in and they say, Hey, where should we eat? Or can we, can you get us some food? And I always try and take care of them. Um, and I don't want to leave anybody out that's helped us out with that. But most, most of the time now, and now it's just repeat. You know, like we've done Snoop Dogg several times. Um, Cheap Trick. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You remember Cheap Trick? Oh, yeah. I saw you guys were just hanging out with them. The coolest band. I, I, I've, I Everyone we do, they're the coolest. Um, they're the, just the, the nicest, best guys. I mean, they call and say, hey, how's the baby? You wow. know, I don't know why they're taking time out of their day. Right. To, but they're just the best guys. Um, we love them. Um, Warren Haynes. Is, I don't know if you know Warren Haynes. I don't. Uh, he was like in the Allman Brothers. Oh, okay. And, uh, the dead and, and yeah. he's like I think he's one of my favorites he's he's always great well in the um, last week you've had uh, Alice Cooper Tony Hawk the band Sublime Ben Harper and Snoop Doggy uh, and Snoop, Dog. Snoop yeah. Doggy Dog yeah yeah that was a big weekend that was um, Lou Fest weekend but I guess Lou Fest was the, that that was just really the Snoop Dogg but the rest of them were all just random yep. you know, it was all totally random it was yeah, weird. I think Tony Hawk went into the he just showed up yeah all that one right yeah he just showed up uh, he was in uh, in Fenton Okay. Yeah. Just in town for whatever. And yeah, he was he's building some skateboard park or something. Okay. But I thought that was one of the coolest ones. That is cool. Yeah, we do a lot of cool people, but you know, when someone like that comes in, I mean, that's But again, fun. I think for our listeners, I mean, that's about building the brand, right? Where there's yeah. a happy place, it's great culture, it's great yeah. leadership, it's it's social media presence, it's doing good in the community because every time I turn around, you know, we went with our friends to um, the children's hospital deal out at Six Flags. Uh-huh. Right? Oh yeah, I yeah. show up there and yeah. Sugar Fire is everywhere. Right? Oh yeah, and we're doing. Uh, we're one of the main sponsors for Pedal the Cause this year. Yeah, we built it up every year, and this year we got we stepped up and did it like a big, a bigger deal for them. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah. I think we got something at High Point tonight for them, and then all weekend long. We'll so be talk out there. about High Point. Um, that's our new burger place. What well, new? I say it's been open about a year, and that was just kind of an afterthought. We liked the location. Um, it's in one of the best locations, I think, in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, barbecue's been so good. I always said I'd never do another barbecue place, but we're kind of messing with this location for years. And then um, we've got some really good partners that aren't in the restaurant biz. And um, they own the land and came to us and said, you know, maybe we can do a deal where we own part of the restaurant and you own the land. So 
it's just been crazy. We we won uh, best restaurant in St. Louis this year and best new restaurant, best hamburger. Um, it's been a free for all. Yeah, where's so it at? Tell our, tell our um, listeners where it's at. It's at Forty in McCausland. Okay, but most people, you know, most restaurateurs will tell you they're lucky. They're, you have to be lucky to have one home run in your life, and uh, we've we've had two now. So we're just feeling really fortunate and really lucky. And talk about the. We're going to talk about fear in a minute, but I want to talk about too. You're also building it with great partners because you, you've got your stuff in the St. Louis area, and, mm-hmm. and then now you're. You're coming over here to O'Fallon, Illinois, where we're setting the day. We're looking out over where the restaurant will be. So you're coming to the Illinois side. I know you guys are going to Indianapolis. Yeah. And oh, beyond. yeah. I mean, how are you doing that? How are you building the brand to continue to get outside of St. Louis, where you can't be there every single day, but you're going to build the same type of quality food and experience yeah. that you well, have here? We have incredible franchisees. Um, you know, years ago, uh, Charlie, my partner, he said, um, I got this guy that wants to do a sugar fire in Winghaven. And I, I, I thought Winghaven was some mis, mystical um, place where dragons lived or something. Right. I, never, I didn't even know. I never even heard of it. Right. So I was like, "Man, that sounds crazy. I'm not, we're not going to put one out there." And I drove out there, and I was like, "Man, no, no way. This is a terrible idea." <laughs> and the guy that owns it, um, the guys Jim Cook and Matt Martin, they just turned out to be the best operators. I mean, I've ever met. They're, they probably operate better than we operate our own stores. And now they have two. Um, they have Fenton and Winghaven. And then now they're um, doing Wentzville, and they have like a, a full, like a lot more coming behind it. And then Washington, Missouri, which is a really small market, Craig out there, Craig and Stacy Mueller, um, they're great operators too. So we're, we're fortunate. Our first couple of franchisees have been incredible, yeah. you know. And then the next, one, you know, this following one, we're doing Indianapolis, Tampa. We got a great guy that that's gonna that should be open pretty soon. Um, Farmington is uh, a franchise. That's that's my um, cousins that are doing that. So. We, they all kind of have to come work at, in Olivet for several months before they can go. Yep. That's part of the deal is you got to okay. come up. And it's not just the food. The food part's easy. We can give you a manual. You know, I, I say it's not rocket science. You know, there's a science to why we get the, we buy the best meat. We put our seasoning on it. Uh, we cook it at the same temperature for the same amount of time to the same degree. You know, it's all, you know, one day right. brisket can take. It's a science. Yeah, it's not, it's not like, oh, it's five in the morning the briskets are done. It's got to be an exact temperature, and you know you can have a hundred briskets in, but each muscle is different. You know it depends on how the. It can be. They even say it comes down to what side of the cow the briskets from, or you know if the cow was scared when it's killed, it seized up. Wow. I mean, so each piece. It's not like oh they're all done. You have to check every piece of meat that comes out, but um, it's it's more than it's more than just the product. It's the culture. So they have to come in and I think work with everybody and understand the culture that we built there, and you know everyone's having a good time. There's no. There's no jerks. You know, there's no yelling in our place. You can't make someone feel bad about themselves. I mean, everyone's, people want to come out. When they come to a restaurant, they don't want to, they don't care about your problems. Yep. You know what I mean? They're, they're trying to get away from their home problems. Right. You know what I mean? You don't want to come into some restaurant and there's some guy there like, what do you want? Right. You know, I, had, I, I have to talk, I mean, I have to talk to the guys in the line all the time. The first person I talk to is the guy cutting the meat. I mean, it can't be, we had this guy, I don't want to name him, he's incredible now, but his first, Two weeks there, it's like someone coming up to the window and he's like, what you want? You know, it's like, dude, stop saying that. Right. Say, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Right. You know, okay, he got to try this, you know? Creates experience. Yeah. And relationships and you got to try and remember their names and yeah. it's a lot of stuff. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about fear. We've done this with every every uh, guest on the show. Um, we've all put fears in our minds, right? We're going to mm-hmm. build this restaurant, it's going to fail. Or I'm going to build this business and it's going to fail. How many of the fears you put in your mind have come true to the magnitude that you put them in your mind to be? 
I mean, well, I mean, none of them have come true in Sugar Farms because I'm. We haven't had a failure yet, right? And we can't. I mean, at this point, it's going too good, and I have so many, so many people depending on it. You know, we have so many employees and so many people's livelihoods and, and dreams. I mean, yeah. people that work there have dreams of owning their own stores and other markets and stuff. So, really, I, I fear. I mean, there's a fear of everything that going into it. I mean, I, I can't even tell you what the fear is. I mean, some you could have some employee post something stupid on social media, and next thing you know, everybody hates you. You right. know. I mean, there's all. I mean, it's the fear of location. There's a fear of fear of everything. I mean, I still fear every day. I don't understand why they all come every day. Right. I don't understand why we do the same amount of food every day. Well, how do this many people decide right. to come every day? Every day. Right. I don't understand how that. I still don't understand how that works. You know, there's a. I have a fear that no one's going to show up today. Right. I, I I can promise you. I thought that. What if nobody comes today? Right. What if only twenty people? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a fear. I mean, there would. Constant fear. But don't you think that fear also drives you? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I would say totally, yeah. So what's your, uh, do you have like daily habits, rituals? I mean, what's, what's your typical day look like Well, uh, for you? Um, we have five kids, so a lot of it involves, is revolving around them, getting them ready, figuring out what they're doing. We have a one-year-old baby too, so yep. um, he's around a lot. <laughs> right. Um, my daily, I, I pretty much have the same ritual. I get up at... Um, once they're all out to school by eight o'clock, um, I, I usually go to High Point Drive-In because it, it's, it's a little monster, you know. It's a little small place doing a lot of biz, and I usually I, I like to go and I check on everything, and then I, I start talking to the chefs about what the specials are because I'll, they have creative license to do it. But if it's something I really hate or has, you know, that you know, we try and make up funny names for stuff. A lot of times, it's like an inappropriate name, right? You know, there's always some chef who wants to name a special after his thing. Right. You know, it's always got, and it's like, dude, that's, no. <laughs> right. You know, it's like the big something, whatever, right. sandwich. I'm like, why? I don't understand. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly monitoring that. I, I like to take the photography for mm-hmm. the, for our, we can take a picture of the sandwiches or whatever. Yep. And um, I, I like to handle the social media. I, I do all the tweets from the, from our restaurants. Yep. And um, Facebook and Instagram. I, I, I tend to handle that because the food's got to, we have, I mean, it's a whole program. I mean, this right. is our, this is what we built, and our, our program is, is the specials have to be up at a certain time. They got to be up by 9:30, because I want people looking at that and saying, "Oh my God, I want to go there for lunch." I mean, if we have some incredible special, I can have 50 people in line waiting for it by 11 o'clock. Unbelievable. You know, so um, that you know, and, and chefs get busy, and you know, a lot of times specials aren't ready. So I, I start at high point. I make sure that my specials are, are moving by, I want to say 9:30, and then I'm gone. I usually go to Olivet, and I, I stay there until about 10:30. I go. You know, it's, rounds, it's, right? it's hard for me to stay in shape. I mean, I'm uh, I'm obviously overweight, but you got to go. Um, I, I I taste every piece of meat in Sugar Fire every day. The seven days a week, I taste every piece of meat. I, I take a pull of pork. Uh, I take a little piece of brisket. I eat a rib. I eat the turkey. I I cut a piece off the sausage, and then I got to go down the line and I got to check every. This is I, I'm doing. There's layers of this. Right. I'm tasting every side. I'm taking a spoonful of every side. Doesn't matter what it is. Even if it's, I know it's something I'm gonna hate. I hate onions. You know, so there could be some like super oniony slaw, but I don't care because I, I don't want something weird to go into someone's mouth. So I every, every day I pull something off the line pretty much. And I say, hey, can you guys fix that? It needs more acid. It needs more, you know, salt. It needs more sugar. It needs something. And um, But there's layers of that too. I have three other chefs that are testing it. And then there's there's also the guys in the line. They're, they're te- they, they know when I'm coming. Right. You know, I, I can... And they, they, nothing's getting by me. I mean, I have this weird ability. I can walk in the door, 
and I, I know that the potato salad is not right. I just know I just know it is. I can walk by and I can see it from 20 feet away and say it's it's not I mean I'm not a magician but I can it's dry. Right. You know it looks like it's been sitting there for a while it needs to be refreshed. I mean something. So it's been years since they they're not going to put something on the line that's not right. cuz I'm just going to be like dude what's going on here? Right. You know and nobody wants to disappoint everybody, you know, and be like I it's embarrassing. Right. So my you know? takeaways from that are it's a it's a passion for your brand. It's a it's a process. So you, I mean, you know, at eight thirty, you're at the the high point. You're at boom, boom, boom. You get all these stores. It's a attention to detail, mm-hmm. right? From what you have on the televisions to the straw wrapper on the ground to the the food. I mean, yeah, the, the texture, the moisture, the season, the salt, whatever. Uh, I mean, so if you know, again, if people are driving down the road, listen to this, and in whatever world you're in, you could be an accountant, a banker, a stay at home mom, a doctor, whatever it is. It's that attention to detail. Uh, every single day oh, yeah. that's going to lead to success. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, stuff slips by the cracks. I mean, if people tell me all the time they have, have a bad experience. I used to get my feelings hurt. and uh, But now I, love, I was at the bank the other day and some lady behind me saw my Sugar Fire hat. She's like, um, oh, I love Sugar Fire. It's, the, it's my favorite. I go there all the time. It's like, High Point is disgusting. It's the worst. I went there once. It was the worst experience I ever had. And I'm just like, oh, man, sorry that happened to you. I, I, I believe you. You know, right. we could do a couple thousand people a day out of these places. Something's going to get messed up. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm, that's why I'm actively on our social media and our Twitter. Like, you know, almost every day someone sends a tweet, look at, here's a picture of my sandwich. It's terrible. You know, and they forgot my French fries. But I I can catch that. And I say, you know, I really appreciate you letting me know. Um, here's, you know, I'll make it right. Where's, what's right. your address? I'll send it out right now. You know. But yeah, we're trying to stay consistent. But a lot of it too is listening to feedback that even that you don't even want to hear yeah the new technology you know? the iphones man you're going to be able to like text gift cards or something before you know it really well you can say t- cool. i think in the, like the update you're gonna be able to text uh like money like if i owed you 20 bucks i could text it to you i've been doing that there's an app um that there's i have an app for that imagine that yeah no I, it's called the cash app huh yeah because um i my um brother-in-law um he uh he does some stuff for us sometimes and, and he's like can i just hand you cash he's like no can you can you just do the cash app? It's like, you just touch it and put it in like 20, 20 bucks, 20 bucks yeah. and it's gone. Wow. It's so cool. That is cool. Let's, what would you tell yourself? So you got to look Mike Johnson in the eye 10, 15 years ago. What advice or feedback would you give that guy? I would just say stay with it. Keep, keep burning yourself out. You know, keep, keep, just keep learning, you know, um, so what's that look like? Let's talk about the person that's burnt out right now. Because right, you have that person, they're exercising, driving again, as I keep saying. But they're like, yeah, man, I just, I don't want to do the grind. I'm burnt no, out. I How know. do you get out of that? You got to you gotta just find, this sounds cliche, but you got to find something that you really love. You know, um, I, I, I love cooking and I love making people happy and, and coming up with new food ideas and stuff. And that's just, it's weird, but that's what I like to do. And I've found this, I found my you know, what do you call it? My sweet spot. Yeah. You know, I, I do um, travel a lot, but if I'm in town, I, I, I've never once taken a day off. I mean, I, I would never not want to go to work and say hi to everybody and thank everybody for com- for coming to work there, you know, and just, and just make sure everything's running good. I mean, I'll, I'll go a hundred, a hundred days in a row. I wouldn't, I would never take a day off, even if it's popping in for an hour. Right. You know, you just got to find your passion, you know, and if you're, angry in your job I mean nobody likes an angry first of all no one likes an angry chef I worked with people oh it's so busy I'm up, I'm angry you know oh it's slow this place sucks I'm angry right. you know sometimes you just gotta change your attitude yeah 
Which is easier you know? said than done, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think to your point is if you spend time and find that thing you love doing, you know, I'm I'm blessed yeah. to get to do what I love to do every. I can tell day. you love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's this stuff, but I mean, my normal, you know, quote unquote, my normal job. I mean, at Visionary Wealth Advisors is we have a passion for serving our community and serving people and helping them achieve their dreams, right? And yeah, I get to help people achieve their dreams every single day. Yeah, I know so it's got to be amazing. We're lucky, right? Yeah. We're all lucky, and and so yeah, I mean, I think that's what's cool for you is that you get to do your stuff every single day, and and um, you know what? So what's next? What's 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 next for you? What if you had to crystal ball and you had ten years from now? So we're gonna go in the forward and send the reverse. What are you doing? Ten years from now? Wow! I hope. First of all, I hope I'm alive. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I think just expanding our brands, um, Sugar Fire. You know, we have. Uh, Five more in the works right now yep. um, that are that are happening. I know Fallon, Illinois. I always gotta specify yep. Illinois. Uh, Wentzville got passed. Um, Tampa's rolling. Indianapolis is rolling. Farmington's rolling. And then I have a full slate. You know, yep. I don't know when Fallon's gonna be ready, but the rest of them should be open by the end of the year. Yep. Um, and, but then I have like, I mean, I'm telling you, when I say we have a lot of them coming that we're just working with franchisees, and it's you know setting it up, setting up the, a full round for next year. Right. I mean, Colorado, Columbia, Missouri, I mean, all, all over the place. And so I, went, I really just want to try and get these first five super successful, especially um, the one I'm really looking at is Indianapolis because I need to prove that my brand works outside of uh, St. Louis where everybody's crazy. Everyone knows me and they're crazy for barbecue. I got to make sure this thing works in another market in Tampa right. too. Right. Um, and then also, you know, the high point too, I think is um, – I think we can do more of those too. Yeah. So, so if there's somebody listening right now that has a dream to do what you're doing and, and needs that help and that brand, they need yeah. to contact you. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. We have a franchising on our website right now. I'm kind of slowed it down because it's too, we have just have too much open this year, but like I'll talk to anybody, you know, right. um, you know, we, a couple years ago I was kind of like, you know, not answering the emails and the thing and just, I went back and looked through them and I, contacted a guy that um, had contacted us about a year ago and I said hey man sorry I didn't send you an email back oh I was really busy and, and I, I'm sure I'm pretty sure he's gonna do a lot of them somewhere yeah. out west so so what are you uh, when you look back are you surprised by your success or are you shocked by it um both yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked man I'm totally shocked I mean I always I always felt like I had it in me you know but I guess I just wasn't doing it right you know I really thought to make money in the restaurant business, you had to have a bar and you had to sell alcohol. You know, we don't sell any alcohol. We sell like, we have canned beers, but I think it's like one tenth of one percent of our total sales. Right. I'd give you a beer if you come in and say, hey, I want a free beer. <laughs> Nobody cares. I'll right. stand there in line and give away a beer. I, I don't right. even care. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you got your milkshakes. You're, what do you, yeah. you call those things? Yeah, but, but you know what? I don't make any, we don't make any money on right. this. You don't want to know. We, we buy too expensive of ice cream. Yeah. I hope the guy that sells that isn't listening. Yeah. He's old school and like we love him and we've known him forever. So we sell like at high point it's like three hundred milkshakes a day, four hundred a day, and it's like I don't think we make any money on it. But whatever. <laughs> but whatever. whatever. It's a good milkshake. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, oh, it's the best. In. I promise yeah. it's the best one you ever had. Because right. um, our ice cream is such quality, it's it's like incredible. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's to me it's shocking. You know, but it's not just me. I mean I can't take I mean I can cook pretty good, but I have absolutely no business sense. I mean, that's Charlie. You know, I mean, I'll I'll buy from anybody. You know, I'm like, oh, I like you. I'll I'll buy those ribs for right. you know ten thousand dollars. Thank you. Right, exactly. Oh, you want to raise? Yeah. Oh yeah, here you go. You know, so I you know he kind of has to he handles all that stuff. Yeah. 
So I think that's the importance there, right? Of know your weakness oh, and then build, my the weakness, team, yeah. build the team around it. Yeah. Oh, you want to borrow uh, $5,000? <laughs> okay. Yeah. At one point, um, last year we had about 40000 in loans out to employees right. yeah. that never got paid back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, that's my, that's my, I know that business is not my strong point. This, right. I mean, like nothing. Right. I, I, I can pick out, I, I can pick out a location. Uh, I have a funny story about that. Um, we, we work awesome with Citizens Bank, and uh, I hope he's not listening to you, but the president there, uh, Mike, is my buddy. He's hated every location we've ever done, like hated it. So now it's like, hey, I think we're going to put a spot here. Do you, do you hate it? Can you exactly. go drive by? I want to make sure that you absolutely hate, hate it. this. Yeah. Then go there. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. So where can our, uh, where can our listeners find more of uh, Mike Johnson and Sugarfire? What was that? Where can they find more of your oh. social media, website? Oh, yeah, Twitter. So each location has its own Twitter. Like our big Twitter is the Olivet Branch. Okay. Um, but they each have their own. Just type in Sugar Fire or whatever, and they should each location, because every location up. has different specials and sides. But, yeah, I'm on, I like Twitter. And, you know, people don't like People always say Twitter is dying, but I, I love Twitter. I, yeah. I can't help it. I love it. And I get tons of business off Twitter, and I talk to celebrities on Twitter. Like they little tweet about us and stuff. I love it. Um, Facebook, I love um, Instagram. I'm just kind of starting to figure out yeah. now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even a fan in, of Instagram. I, I love like Instagram. It. I love yeah. it. Um, so where can we find you on Instagram? Um, I th- I'm sure it's a Sugar Fire Smokehouse okay. and, and High Point. Okay, yep. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff on there. And then the Snapchat, I just can't even. I just, yeah. I, I tried it for like a couple of days, and I, I got nothing. Right. This is too much. This is this is time consuming, and it sounds easy. Right. You know, everyone's on me. My kids are on me. You're on your phone all all day. You know, it's a lot of it's time consuming. Yep. You know, I don't know if you get that from your family. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then my kid, you know, my oldest was getting on Snapchat with, you know, their buddies and he's trying to get me on. I'm like, this is too confusing. No, I don't. It's the first time I'm starting to feel old, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With this stuff. Yeah. So, well, man, it's been awesome having you. And I I guess one more question I will ask. Uh, um, Jackie Joyner-Kersey said it on the show and she said, I didn't train to be second best. Yeah, you know, and if you so, ain't first, you're last. Exactly. Second place is the first loser. Exactly. No, I do. I'm that's Talladega. Uh, I got. I know. Yeah. I got. Trust me. I got a lot. I, I get. I get mad. I still get irate. That's another problem I have. And we go to these competitions, like uh, world. You know, the we we only we do Memphis in May, and um, which is the World Barbecue Championship. We do can, the um, Kansas City Royal, the American Royal in Kansas City. And the World Food Championship. So we do like three of these World Championships of food. We don't go do local barbecue things typically because it doesn't benefit me. If I win, I'm a jerk. And if I lose, I suck. Right. You know, but to win these big things is kind of a, you know, it's big time. And I I can tell, I I get very angry if we don't win. Yeah. I'll I'll leave as soon as I, as soon as I find out. Like, you know, the World Food Championship, this is a World Food Championship. This is a big deal. We got third place a couple years ago. And I got so mad before they announced it because I thought we were going to lose that I left town. And we got third, <laughs> we got third place. Right. So you and didn't, I didn't go get your trophy or anything? No. no. Right. But I have, I have this. I, I'm not trying. To, I get mad when other restaurants beat us in Best Barbecue on the, these polls. And, and they're my friends. Right. You know, and I'm happy for them. But if we, I, I have my feelings hurt really bad. Right. You know, if we don't win, I mean... Well, I, I like to like be first, you last, right? So, I mean, guess it's true. It's absolutely the yeah. truth. I mean, you find that anybody that's great at what they do, whether it's sports or business or restaurant, whatever it is, right? Yeah. If you don't have that extra gear, yeah, that's the, even national the stuff. Nationally, they come up with these national lists of best barbecue, and if, if we're not up there, I, I get very upset. Yeah. Do. So, what do you do? How do you change that, right? So, if you don't get that, what do you do differently? Well, um, 
I mean, the first, well, with this, or the national list of best barrio, yeah. that's what I, what I learned from uh, one of my friends in the biz here who's always on the list is you got to have a publicist, an out of state publicist, which we have now, and now we're on the list. Because, you know, yeah. most of these lists are kind of BS. Right. You know, best ribs in America, best barbecue in wherever. You know, you got to have. Know people. Yeah, and, they're, and you need to have your publicist doing favors for these um, publishers all the time and put your name in front of them all the time. And that's really mostly what it is. Well, man, I've got a lot of uh, out of today, and I really appreciate your time and coming over here. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. In Illinois and having some fun yeah. on the Circuit of Success podcast. So, Mike Johnson, thanks for being here, cool. man. Thanks, Brett. Good to see you, man. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.